very special. Paranormal Almanac. Halloween Spooktacular. I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this very special Paranormal Almanac Spooktacular Edition, I figured it's October. Let's take a look at some paranormal games that you could, but maybe shouldn't play. I'll get to more of that in a minute. But first, as always, let's do shout-outs. We have shout-outs going out to all the patrons. Head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. Patrons, I've got a new episode that I'm finishing up the outline. I just have to get it up and get it out to you guys. But don't worry, there's a new episode coming to you very soon. All righty, shout-outs to Andrew, Stephen, McDaniel, Paul, Mark, Tortuga, Hannah, Mike from Jersey, TNT, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia, hi, Rum, Ginny, Mailman, hi, Rum, how are you? You coming in for the patrons? All right, I like that. Tony, Vicky, Crow, Clay, Buzz, Tom, Lobito Works, Glacier, Maine, Isabel, Jen, Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy, Sandy, Menace the Beast, Kick-Ass Magic Robot, Webcomic, Sandy, Page, Kyle, Sean, Andrew, Andrew Trot, I know, come on up, Rum. There you go. Scott, Andrea, Devin, Melody, Ricardo, Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Michael, Alicia, Becca, Jake, and the Beasties, Elizabeth, Voidtech, Sherry, Art Muffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Paul, Ricardo, Ian, Armor Times 10, Alexandra, George, Seth, Zozo the Demon, clap, clap, clap. I, I don't have the button right there. Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, what's that? Carrie, Robin, Russell, Lorna, Phil Mangano, that's Russ, that is. April, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Stacy, Jerry, Scostin, Lindsay, Megan, Jeff, T, Harley, Suzanne, Joe, Lawrence, The Lawrence Strong, hey, howdy, hi, Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark, Manning, Carolyn, Martin, Jaden, and Ashy, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Dan, Laura Pitts, and GamerFan. With a special shout-out to Rum, because she wanted to jump up on my lap as soon as I started recording this. And two very special shout-outs to Joe Teague and to Stitch. Alrighty, uh, there's going to be some spooky merch coming up on uh, tpublic.com slash stores slash Paranormal Almanac. I haven't done it yet, but I'll do it this week. Don't worry. There's going to be some new shirts coming out. Um, and a bunch of shirts going away by the end of the month. Remember, all 200th shirts... <laughs> oh, I'm losing my voice. All 200th shirts are going away by the end of the month. Uh, get your emails to paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. Do Hand of Fate giveaway or Hand of Fate entry, whatever you want to say, to be entered in the Hand of Fate giveaway for everybody. Patrons, you're already in there. If you're a patron in October, you're already in there. And then uh, if you want to purchase a Hand of Fate, there's only going to be 20 made. I'm I'm putting it out there now. I'm going to make 20, and that's, or I made 20, and that's it. But uh, same thing, paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. Just say... Hand of Fate, purchase, and then I will give you a, um, <clears throat> I'll reserve a spot for you. I'll reserve one of the Hand of Fates, and then I'll give you a PayPal link. You pay for that, and then I'll send it out to you right away with some special fun stuff that I'm doing right now. If you're wondering, like, hey, how come I haven't got my Hand of Fate yet, Kurt? 
don't worry. I'm adding some, I'm throwing some extra stuff in there. I figured I don't want to just give a cool hand of fate. I want to give you guys some cool exclusive things for purchasing a hand of fate, but I don't want to go too much into that. I want it to be a surprise. Alrighty, with that out of the way, let's get right on in to paranormal news. Welcome to paranormal. Alrighty, that's your very special Paranormal News Halloween Edition theme song. Now, I've talked about the one or two of these on the first uh, Paranormal News story I'm about to read to you, but I figured I had to include it because it's Halloween. As far as I'm concerned, it's Halloween. I don't know how you guys do it, but for me, my hope is that it's October 1st. You already got your Halloween decorations up. You already have watched Hocus Pocus 2 or whatever... Halloween, you started your Halloween movies marathon that I'm assuming that everybody does. You've already put out your decorations. You've already gone to a haunted house or some form of you got into the spirit of Halloween. Because if if you aren't, you know, why not? Be an adult. Adults, are, adults should be cool and be putting up. Look, one of the pleasures of being an adult is having a spot where you can throw up Halloween decorations whenever you want to put them up. So get them up. It's time. I'm not going too crazy with my Halloween decorations this year. I'm keeping it really low key, but I put them all up yesterday or put them up yesterday. So yeah. Alrighty. So the first story in paranormal news is a haunted Wisconsin hotel that's for sale. I've already talked about it. So I'm actually going to just briefly talk about it. it's $279,000. It's called the Humbird Hotel Bar and Grill. Dates back to 1869. Still for sale. Um, look, if you got nothing better to do, I think it's what, Minnesota. Is that what I said? No, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, look, it's still for sale. If you got the opportunity, I highly recommend buying it because it's a kick-ass hotel with a kick-ass bar. So, you know, win-win and, and it's got a ghost. Come on. Alrighty. But besides that, there is also a house called the Enslin House. It's in New York. It's $413 and 111, wait, $413, $111. There we go. What a weird price. I think I've talked about this one too. Um, it's in the Westchester County, New York. It was built in 1925. It, uh, it's haunted. The uh, current owner is an intuitive alchemist named Michelle Bell. She claims that her four-bedroom residence plays host to no less than nine ghosts and a gangster called John T. Legs Diamonds. So the Enflin House, again, still for sale. If you want a house in New York with some weird gangster kind of ghost, there you go. The next one is called the Priestly House. It's in Mississippi. It's up for sale for $938,000. It's in Canton, Mississippi. And it has, let's see, built by Dr. James Priestley in 1852. Uh, people have died in there from yellow fever and other really bad old diseases, and they're still there haunting the house to this day. Up next is the Kate Shepherd House in Alabama. It's up for sale for $995,000. Boy, it's a gorgeous house. Um, I think I've talked about this one as well. Uh, it's got ghosts, basically. It's an old school house, six bedrooms, five bath, and a bunch of ghosts. So, yeah, that's cool. 
And then let's see, we have the Carlisle Martin House. That one is in Alabama. It's on the market for $1.1 million. It was built in 1858. Again, just another gorgeous house. Um, and it's filled with ghosts. Let's see. Da, da, da. Oh, up next is one from the UK, the Earlshall, 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 Earls Hall Castle. I don't know. In Fife, UK. On 34 acres. It's a freaking castle in Scotland. Uh, it's $9.2 million, American that is. Eight, what is that, 8 million pounds? Um, gorgeous, cool. I've talked about this one as well because I just recognized one of these photos, but all of these houses are still for sale. So if you want a haunted place, I recommend buying one of those. Already up next in Paranormal News is a story about paranormal activity statistics that 44% of people suspect or know that they were moving into a haunted house and still did it anyway. 35% of people found erratic pet behavior to support the idea that their house was indeed haunted. 34% of people said they would inform a buyer about paranormal activity before selling a property out of conscience. You know, they were, they were worried about, you know, I, I got to do the right thing. I got to tell these people that this is a haunted house. 27% of people would only share information about paranormal activity if the buyer asked. 23% of people said they wouldn't share anything. Even if the buyer asked, they would lie about it. That's kind of a crappy thing to do. Uh, let's see. In 1978, around 70% of people believed in the afterlife and about 74% reported the same in 2018. So not much has changed in, in what, 40 years, 50 years? Let's see, California real estate agent Randall Bell says that a stigmatized property can sell for 10 to 25% less than a non-stigmatized property. Okay, that seems right. If you got a murder house and everybody knows it's a murder house, probably not going to go for much as the non-murder house. Let's see, those who attend worship services frequently are less likely to say they've seen a ghost. That's interesting to me. One of the three big things in, like, Catholicism, it's um, Father, I remember that one, Son, and then Holy something or other. Oh, yeah, Ghost. So you think that the freaking people are going to church regularly who keep hearing about this freaking Holy Ghost would say, I've seen a non-Holy Ghost, I've seen a ghost, but... 23% of people who attend services less frequently said, yep, they've seen a ghost. And that comes to you directly from Pew Research Center. Seems very specific of a research center. Let's see the most haunted places in America. Savannah, Georgia, New Orleans, Chicago, Illinois, St. Augustine, Florida, Portland, Oregon. Most haunted homes in America. The Whaley House right here in California. The House of Death in New York, New York. Have I talked about this thing? Eh, maybe I'll talk about that in a separate episode. The Winchester Mystery House out here in California. The Lizzie Borden House in Massachusetts. Franklin Castle in Cleveland, Ohio. The Marshall House in Savannah, Georgia. There you go. All right, what's next in paranormal news? I only have a couple. I didn't have a ton to get to, but I wanted to do a few of them. Oh, yeah, this one seems cool. The first annual Crosby Haunted Mansion tickets are now on sale. That's right, Crosby Lane, 163 Crosby Lane in Brewster, Massachusetts, 
They said they're going to do their first annual actual haunted mansion tour. The Crosby Mansion transforms into a house of thrills, chills, and spooky magic for ages 7 to 107. So don't fucking try and bring a 6-year-old or a 108-year-old. Just don't do it. Uh, Groups of 6 to 12 people will be taken on a guided tour into Crosby's Spooky Hall for a night of spine-tingling entertainment in a real haunted mansion. Ticket times are 5.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. each night. You can reserve your tickets online at brewsterrecreation.com. $12 per ticket. Uh, let's see. But yeah, it's an actual real haunted house. And for the first time ever, they're going to do some tours for Halloween. I think that's way cool. I wish more haunted places would do that. And finally, in paranormal news, Lobe, that's L-O-A-B, the internet's latest. Hey, what the heck, man? I'm trying to read. Don't pop crap up. I gotta, there we go. The internet's latest urban legend is worse than anything. All righty, there's this thing called Loeb. It's a woman. This person said, I discovered this woman who I call Loeb in April. The AI reproduced her more easily than most celebrities. Her presence is persistent, and she is she haunts every image she touched, so be very careful. She said this is a true haunted story. So basically, to me, it looks like a woman wearing a Ronald Reagan mask. But, um, yeah, there's this thing. It's called Loeb. L-O-A-B. And again, like before with the other freaking demon thing that uh, AI was bringing into existence, now it's bringing Loeb into existence. All righty, with that out of the way, let's take a quick break. And I'm going to treat you guys to not the guy that started my fascination with horror, but a guy that definitely helped it out. Back in the, uh, back before there was cable, I'm not going to say the actual decade but a while ago, before there was cable, you had like three stations. You had like two, four, seven, and then out in Michigan, I had you had 20, 50, 56, and 62. That was it. That was it for the channels. And 56 and 62 were like PBS. But every Sunday, there was a man named Sir Graves Gastly. Not much footage is still surviving, unfortunately. That's what bums me out is that they kind of taped over all of Sir Graves Gastly or lost the tapes so far ago. But a lot of these states around the world, around the country definitely, but around the world as well, had these local horror icons that would come on, kind of like Elvira and that kind of stuff, Vampira and all those. But for me, growing up in Detroit, it was Sir Graves Gastly. It was this cool-ass guy dressed as a vampire. He would come on, do really weird bits where he dressed up as a woman as well. It was very cool, very ahead of its time, very awesome. But he would come on do his little shtick, and then play old horror movies on Sunday. And uh, it was like right after church, you'd come home and boom, Sir Graves Gastly is on. So it was the best kind of thing. You know, you get the the hell of the, the what is it, the, like the fear of God thrown into you, and then you get to go home and actually have the fear of old horror movies thrown into you by some weird dude. But anyhow, the reason I'm bringing up Sir Graves Gastly, besides the fact that you should find him, if you don't know who he is, look him up on YouTube he deserves all the love he could. Later on, there was like a Count Scary in Detroit who wasn't very scary at all, but he was very funny and I liked him as well. But Sir Graves Gastly was my guy, that kind of Elvira vampire kind of thing. Anyhow, when I send you to break, I'm going to send you to break with Sir Graves Gastly and his laugh. Tale of terror. Yeah. <laughs> 
We are back. Yeah, that was Sir Graves Gastly laugh. The best. Ah, freaking love that guy. Anyhow, in fact, I think if you're in the Detroit area, I think they're doing a, like the Regent Theater or somebody is doing a Sir Graves Gastly night for Halloween. So around Halloween. So it's, trust me, if you can go to it, go to it, please. Sir Graves Gastly was the best. But we're back. This is not Sir Graves Gastly. It's Paranormal Almanac and a very spooktacular edition of Paranormal Almanac. I figured I could find some ghost stories, which I'm going to do that. Don't worry. I could find some scary stories, which I'm going to do that. Don't worry. But for this one, I figured let's just have some fun. I will tell you the rules to a bunch of paranormal games from around the world. Now, I will say, most say play at your own risk. And yeah, I kind of agree with that. Or, in my opinion, why the hell would you want to play? But anyhow, now you have to promise me now to not do what I do when someone explains a new board game to me. Because as soon as someone starts telling me, like, Kurt, you're focused? All right, here, let me tell you how to play this board game. I can't focus on anything. My mind just goes blank. I miss every important rule. I wonder what just happened. I, I'm like, oh, what the hell? Where Where did the last... 30 seconds just go. I, I know nothing of what you just told me about the rules to this board game. And then I have to ask them to repeat it because like there's some weird like old timey cartoon playing in my head the whole time. But focus people. We're, I'm about to tell you the rules. And since I already know people will say, can you write down the rules or can you talk slower? Well, here's the fun thing about a podcast, everybody. You can rewind this podcast and listen to it as many times as you want, over and over and over and over and over again. So you don't have to worry about it. It's right here. It's recorded for you. Alrighty. The first game on this list is called Sarah Sarita. Now, this is a game you play with a friend and two coins. It's a very simple game. You sit facing each other, each of you with a coin in your hand, and you ask together. Sarah, Sarita, may we join your game? Then you toss your coins in the air. If you both get heads, it's a yes. Two tails, it's a no. If you get opposites, it's a maybe, but you need to ask again. You want that yes. Once she agrees to let you play, you can ask Sarah, Sarita, any question you have. And she will answer when you flip the coins. Is it a yes, is it a no, or is it a maybe? Now, when you're done playing, though, you have to remember to exit the game and flip your coins again and again and again until you get another yes, or Sarah Sarita will be with you. Hold on. Will be with you. They don't really say what happens if she stays with you, but I can't imagine it's good. I, I She's got you know, places to go and people to see. She's got people asking her questions all day long, but here you are, you know, bugging her the whole time. Alrighty, up next is The Answer Man. Now, this one, again, is a very simple game, but you need a group of 10 people total. So, including you, 10 people. You all stand in a circle with your phones in your hand. Everyone gets the number of the person to their left and enter, enters it into their phone, but don't hit send yet. Don't hit, you know, like, call yet. Then, at the same time, 
everybody hit send. Now, most people will come up with a busy signal because you're calling everybody in the circle. But you might get an answer or hear ringing and no one's phone in the group is ringing. If you let it ring long enough, you will get the answer man. Now, just like Sarah Sarita, you can ask him questions, but here's the catch. He gets to ask you a question for every question you ask him. And if he doesn't like your answer, or if he thinks you're lying to him, bad things happen. All right, that's cool. I like that one. All righty, up next is one called The Three Kings. Not that movie with George Clooney. Three Kings is a late-night one-player game. So if you don't have 10 friends, don't worry. Or if you don't have a lot of friends, don't worry. Here's a game that you can play. Now, this one is a late-night one-player witching hour game. It is said to transport players into another dimension and often and offer clarity on your past and your present. Doesn't say anything about the future, though, which is weird. Now, some players claim to have had lucid dreams with themselves after playing this game. So if that's something you're into, I guess here you go. All right, here's how you play. Set up two mirrors across from each other and sit in a chair. That's called the throne. Remember, it's three kings. Between the two mirrors. So there'll be a mirror on your left, mirror on your right. You're sitting in a chair. But this is important. Time to focus, everybody. Do not look in the mirrors until the game has started. Doing so may have very, very bad consequences. Now, you should hold a lit candle in your hand, but make sure not to look at the flame either, but never let it go out. You represent the king. The mirrors represent the queen and the fool. Kurt here, then it shouldn't be called the three kings. It should be called the king, the queen, and the fool. But what do I know? Now, you won't know which is which, though. Wait until exactly 3.30 a.m., then begin asking questions into the darkness straight ahead. If all goes right and you follow those rules closely, there will be an answer from one of the mirrors. But remember, one is the fool, the other is the queen. So you don't know if you're being told the truth or being lied to. When you have asked everything you want to know, blow out the candle and leave without looking at the mirrors again. If you look at the mirrors before ending the game, whatever you summoned will still be in the room. I like that. That's kind of cool. I'm not going to play it. I mean, look, I'm not into that whole, I'm not good at that whole, like, you know, you come across to two doors. They, they, they talk to you. One says, I only tell the truth. One says, I only lie. You know, that whole labyrinth kind of thing. I'm not good at that shit. Don't ask me a bunch of riddles. Can I play with just one mirror and then be like, are you the queen or the fool? And then hopefully they're not lying to me. I don't know. But you don't want to mess it up. The, again, main things to remember is don't look in the mirrors until the game is started. Once, once you've asked your question and one starts talking to you, you can look at that mirror. And apparently, I guess, you're going to see yourself talking to you, which is creepy as all shit. 
Or maybe it doesn't look like you. I don't know. It doesn't really say what it is. But remember, blow out the candle, leave without looking at the mirrors again. If you look at the mirrors, whatever you summoned may still be in the room. Okay, this next one is called the corner game. And you don't want to put baby in it. All right, so the corner game, you're going to need four people for this game. You want to turn off all the lights, and each person stands in a corner of the room. This is a very feng shui kind of, uh, feng shui kind of game on purpose. All the players should do a few actions with their bodies, like move around, dance, whatever you want to do, but each do it independently. Remember, all the lights are off. Nobody else can see you. But legend has it, that moving in the corners of a dark room can draw demons out of the ceiling. If all four corners, people are moving around in total darkness, demons come out of the ceiling. So keep an eye on the ceiling, and when you see movement, stop moving, but don't make a sound or tell the other players. The game ends when someone leaves their corner and breaks the spell. Now, here's the thing. This sounds to me like more of like a competition kind of like like um, squid game kind of bullshit. So you have four friends, three other friends, you and three friends. You're all in four corners of a room, and you're all moving in pitch black. If I, moving in pitch black, I see something crawling out of the ceiling like a fucking demon... I stop moving and I don't make a sound and I don't tell the other players. Does that mean that the demon goes for the other players unless they stop as well? It sounds to me like this is a good way to kill one of your friends and, and not have it be on you. But again, go, go ahead and play it and tell me how it goes. All right, this next one is called the picture game. To play this game safely, it says, you must adhere to several rules and do not break them. You're going to need a length of stringer rope, scissors, or a knife. I'm going to say, just get scissors. Knife just seems like something bad's going to happen. One small mirror for each participant. A camera with a flash. Do not use camera phones, but digital cameras and Polaroids are allowed. A drinking glass. An alcoholic beverage. It says preferably wine. Kurt says preferably rum. And a quiet room. All right, here's how you play. You can't play before midnight. You're not the ends of the string or the rope, so make a circle basically with it. You place the rope circle in the center of the room. You place the drinking glass in the center of the circle. You fill the glass with the rum. You let everyone sit around the rope circle. Not touching it and not in it. Each participant places a mirror in front of them so that the reflective surface faces the ceiling. Not touching the rope, not inside the circle. Then you turn off the lights and you invite an entity. That seems to be the most generic part of this. You just invite an entity. Like, hey, okay, entity, you're invited. But, the participants close their eyes and hold hands with each other. Every participant must say, I trust you, one after the other after the other. Then, one participant just randomly, one just grabs the camera and says, I caught you, and takes a picture 
towards the center of the rope circle. One picture only. They pass the camera to the next participant. They repeat the process. If you use a digital or Polaroid camera, it says do not look at the pictures immediately. You have to repeat the process until each participant has taken three pictures each. That's also very important, it says. Once each of you has taken three pictures, you say farewell, you say goodbye. Again, close your eyes, repeat the phrase, it's time to go home in unison. Then you take your mirror and you place it upside down without looking in your mirror. Turn on all the lights, cut, the, uh, cut open the rope circle with the scissors, take the drinking glass and empty it into a patch of dirt or bare earth outside, basically. Just go outside and pour it out. But it has to be on dirt. It can't be on cement. Now, once all that's been done, you can take a look at the pictures and it says, prepare to see something you never thought you would see. Then it's got this big, like, asterisk caveat kind of a thing. If any participant starts acting weirdly, says they're freaked out or frightened, complains of nausea or vomiting during the photo session around the circle, stop the session immediately, abort the ritual, close your eyes, repeat the phrase, it's time to go home in unison, Put the mirrors face down, cut the rope, pour out the rum. It says, do not allow a participant who is acting erratically or complaining of fright or nausea to take a photograph. If they do, no one look at the photograph, destroy the photo, and possible, it says, and possible, destroy the camera. Wow, so if you get one friend who's a little freaked out or one friend who is genuinely, you know, being possessed, you got to destroy your camera. Definitely don't use a cell phone for that then. Those are too damn expensive. All righty. This next one is remarkably similar to Bloody Mary, but it's called Baby Blue. You're going to need a bathroom with a mirror. That's it. It's easy. Here's what you do. You go into the bathroom by yourself. You turn off all the lights, lock the door. You must lock the door or baby blue may get out. Now you look into the mirror, you hold out your arms as if you're rocking a baby, and you say, baby blue, blue baby, 13 times without stopping or making a mistake. I would already fuck this game up. It says you will feel the weight of an invisible baby in your arms if you do it correctly. As the baby grows, the baby will grow heavier and heavier, and it may even scratch your arms. You must drop the baby into the toilet, flush it before it comes before it becomes too heavy, and then get the hell out of the bathroom. If you don't do it quickly, a woman will appear in the mirror, yell at you to return her baby back to her. However, it says her screams might break the glass. She might try to scratch you, pull you back into the mirror with the baby, or worse. I don't know what's worse than that. That seems pretty bad. Says, close the bathroom door behind you, switch on the lights. There you go. You just played baby blue. Why? Why? What are you getting out of that? Seriously. What are you possibly, unless you, unless your goal in life is to flush a baby, which that's horrific, but you know what I'm saying. If your goal in life is to throw a baby, a, a, a ghost baby into a toilet and flush it before it becomes too heavy, 
that's the best scenario you're getting out of playing Baby Blue. Kurt's recommendation, don't play Baby Blue at all. Besides the fact that I don't think I could get through Baby Blue, Blue Baby, Baby Blue, Blue Baby, Baby Blue, Blue Baby. I can't do that 13 times without stopping or fucking up. There's no way. I'm going to fuck it up. Alrighty, up next is called Devil Face. Now, this one comes from Spain. <sighs> and if you play it correctly, you will see the devil's face in the mirror. That's the best case scenario for this one. If you play it correctly, you're going to see the freaking devil. Again, why, why, why are you playing this? But if you want to play devil's face and you're like, Kurt, I want to play devil's face. Tell me how to play it. Well, here you go. You're going to need 12 black candles. You're going to need matches or a lighter, a bathroom with a mirror. I have two of those things. I have a lighter and a bathroom with a mirror. Now I got to go out and buy a bunch of black candles. All right. Doesn't matter. I'm not playing this damn game anyway. But here's how you play. You go into the bathroom shortly before midnight. You close the door, turn off all the lights. You place the 12 candles in front of the mirror and light them. You keep your eyes closed and the here's the important part. Keep your eyes closed until the clock strikes midnight. At exactly midnight, you have to open your eyes and it says, if you've done it right, if all 12 candles are still lit and it was at exactly midnight that you open your eyes, you will see the devil's face in the mirror. But he might pull you inside the mirror or do something dangerous. I like that, or do something dangerous. As if him pulling you inside the mirror isn't dangerous. Gee, I hate to see what the dangerous thing the devil's going to do. No, fuck that game. Up next, this one's called Lady Spades. Again, very similar to Bloody Mary. A lot of these take from Bloody Mary. I don't know which one came first because they're all from a different parts of the world, but Lady Spades. Or also called the Queen of Spades. Never called the David Spades. Now, if you're lucky, the woman or whatever it is in the mirror will grant you a wish. So at least you're, you know, you're kind of getting something from this one. But if you're not, well, let's just say if you're not lucky, you're, you're going to want to be lucky is what I'm saying, because these rules suck. For this one, the Lady Spades, Queen of Spades, you're going to need a candle, matches or a lighter, red lipstick, a quiet room, a mirror. You can choose a room with a mirror in it. The queen of spades from a deck of cards. Here's how you play. Start at midnight. Man, all these, all these games start way too late for me. Like by like nine o'clock, like I'll do it if it's like before 9 p.m. After 9 p.m., I don't got time. But anyhow, you start at midnight. You enter the quiet room. You turn off all the lights. You light the candle and place it in front of the mirror. Write Lady Spades on the mirror using red lipstick. Ah, okay. I think I, see, when I was reading these earlier, I already had skipped a step or missed or forgot that step. So you have to write Lady Spades on the mirror using red lipstick. Hold the Queen of Spades so that she is facing the mirror. Close your eyes and clear your mind. Relax as much as you can which for me is very little, but as much as you can. Repeat the words, Lady Spades appear 
seven times. Now, you need to say it loudly and clearly. Keep your eyes closed. You'll have a mental image of the Lady of Spades. She'll be dressed in black and will have black eyes. Kurt here, already not good. Black eyes, no thanks. Her smile will be warm and inviting, but her face will be scarred. Do not be alarmed if you hear her voice, laughter, or footsteps. These indicate that she's been summoned successfully. Okay, open your eyes. If you open your eyes during the invitation and everything appears normal, there is no one in the mirror, or you cannot hear any voices, laughter, or footsteps. It says the ritual has failed and you got to start again. So if you open your eyes, everything looks the same. It didn't work. But it says, this implies there are no negative consequences. To be on the safe side, repeat the words, Lady Spades disappear. Wipe the mirror, blow out the candle, turn on the lights, then as soon as possible, burn the card. So even if you think, oh, it didn't work, she still might be there, or at least not in the mirror. She might have gotten out of the mirror and she's somewhere else in the house. Upon opening your eyes, if you see the following things, do not proceed. One, the candle is out. Two, the card is now facing you. Three, the card has disappeared. Both of those great magic tricks. Four, there is a woman in the mirror with her hands pressed against it. It says, if you see any of those, proceed to the ending quickly. Or, you know, just have a heart attack and die like I would. But you got to, let's say, you got to say, Lady Spades disappear. You got to wipe the mirror. You got to blow out the candle. You got to turn on the lights as quickly as possible. Burn the cards. If, it says, there's a woman in the mirror with her hands to her sides, congratulations. You can proceed. Nah, Kurt here, still scary as shit. I mean, unless you're a woman, then that's just you in the mirror. Don't freak out. All right, so if that happens, you're, it's not you in the mirror. It's a different woman or a woman if you're like a guy like me. If you see a woman in the mirror, hands at her side, not pressed against the glass, doesn't look like she wants to kill you, hey, good job. You can now say your wish clearly to the woman. But you must maintain eye contact with her at all times. If you break eye contact, proceed to the ending real quick. Kurt here. Maintaining eye contact with the living is hard enough for me. I don't think I could maintain eye contact with a woman in the mirror. All right. If she decides to grant your wish, she will smile and say yes. Do not interrupt her. And do not stop talking between stating your wish and hearing her response. Stop what? It says do not stop between stating your wish and hearing her response. Don't stop I got a black-eyed demon woman in a mirror that I'm maintaining eye contact with. How about you be more clear with your game instructions, people? All right, so the ending. If the ritual is successful and she says yes and you, 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 know, you tell her your wish and apparently you can't wish for a hundred more wishes because she'd just be staring at you the whole time. But if the ritual is successful, you say the words, Lady Spades disappear, you wipe her name off the mirror Extinguish the candle and turn on the lights. Burn the card as soon as possible. Your wish will come true shortly. Oh, that's nice. If 
The ritual is unsuccessful. If the candle has gone out when you open your eyes, relight the candle as quickly as possible. Say the words, Lady Spade, disappear. Wipe her name off the mirror. Blow out the candle. Turn on the lights. Burn the card. If the card is facing you, tear the card in half. Say the words, Lady Spades, disappear. Wipe her name off the mirror. Blow out the candle. Turn on the lights. Destroy the card immediately. If the card has disappeared when you open your eyes, break the mirror, turn on the lights, and try to find the car in the bathroom. In the, You know what? I got to say, why don't you look around for the card to make sure you didn't drop it first? But it says you got to, you know, smash the mirror and then turn on the lights, find the card, burn it immediately. But if you don't find the card, it says do not look for it further. Leave the premises immediately. So I guess you can just never go back home. If the woman's hands are pressed up against the mirror, break the mirror immediately. Kurt here, wouldn't that let her out of the mirror? And it says, leave the premises, burn the cards. If you fail to maintain eye contact, guys, if you kind of look down at the boobs instead of maintaining the eye contact, break the mirror at once, leave the premises, burn the card. If she says no to your wish, break the mirror, blow out the candle, burn the card, burn down the entire neighborhood just to be on the safe side, and just keep burning things until you're finally caught by the authorities and sent to prison where there's no mirrors, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't really, it's kind of just peters out at the end there. Okay, we are back. Sorry about that. I, I don't know if you could hear rum barking in the background, but uh, there was an Amazon delivery guy that just, oh, that's, he was delivering groceries, but I forgot to make it spooky. There was a uh, spooky Amazon delivery guy that delivered groceries. Uh, spooky groceries, like Shit that the monsters would eat. I don't know. It just, just go with me. All righty. All righty. So where do we leave off? Oh, yeah. You became an arsonist. You burned down the whole town. You've turned to a life of crime. All because the lady said no to your wishes. What's next? This next one is called the Triple Mirror Game, which, in case you can't guess by the name of it, you're going to need three mirrors for this one. But you're going to need three Floor-length mirrors with stands. Seriously, who just has this laying around in your house? If you've got three floor-length mirrors with stands in your house, here's the game for you, I guess. You're also going to need three bed sheets large enough to cover the mirrors. A white candle, matches or a lighter, salt, and a dark room. Not like a dark room for like photos, but like a room that's dark. All right, here's how you play. You switch off all the lights in your playing space is what they call it. I would just call it in the darkened room, but whatever. You take all the items to the dark room. You keep the door open. You sprinkle a line of salt across all door thresholds and windowsills. You place the mirrors in front of the door so that the image of the door is reflected from the first mirror to the second mirror, from the second mirror to the third mirror, then you place a candle in front of the door between all the mirrors and light it. Still with me? All right. You'll have to step in front of the mirrors to light the candle. Light it quickly. Step away at once. Stand outside the mirror arrangement, but within the room so that you can see the third mirror, but are not reflected in the other two mirrors. See? Lots of, lots of rules with these mirrors. Look closely into the third mirror. When you wish to end the game, avert your gaze from the third mirror. I'm going to say don't look at any mirrors. All right, so what you want to do is you want to place the sheets over the mirrors. Starting with the third, first, 
Do not step into the arrangement while doing this. When all the mirrors have been covered, step in and extinguish the candle. Step out quickly. Turn on the lights. Place the mirrors close to a wall with reflective surfaces facing the wall. Do not remove the covers. Leave the mirrors in this position for at least three days. Do not enter the room during these three days. After 72 hours, you can move the mirrors to a safe storage. Sprinkle salt over each of the mirrors before moving them. That's it. That's the end of the rules for the triple mirror game. Then what happens? Besides the fact you just got to, you know, vacuum up a bunch of salt everywhere, you've bought all these big-ass mirrors, and you've done this very intricate thing, then what happens? Because that's all it says. Triple mirror game, you leave a lot to be spookily desired. I'm going to see if I can look up and see if there's like another step to the process. No, no. Do not make prolonged eye contact with anything you see in the mirror. No, that's it. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, there is another step. Using the match or lighter, light the candle. Yeah, we did that. Remain inside the room, outside of the mirrors. We did that. Gaze directly into the third mirror. Ah, here we go. <clears throat> There's literally only one more step. What do you see in that third mirror? Well, nothing, because you have the sheets over it. The fuck are you talking about? Nah, I don't like this third mirror game. Don't don't buy don't buy three mirrors to do this game because and well I guess if you want to and tell me what you what was supposed to be seen but somehow you're supposed to be able to look into that third mirror which is bouncing 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 out the door of the room even though there's a salt line so you're supposed to I, theoretically I'm guessing these are horrible directions my guess is you don't cover the mirror completely you don't cover the mirrors at all you want to cover the mirrors light the candle uncover the mirrors stand there look in the gaze of that third mirror without being seen. So you can look out the hallway and then you're supposed to see it basically, you know, a demon, a ghost or some other bullshit. But I'm going to say no, no to the three mirrors game. This next one, you're not going to need a mirror at all. So this one is called ghost and they call it an alternative or a precursor to the Ouija board. Now, this is another one that has Slavic, or it's from the European Slavic area. It's another one from around the world. The first thing to keep in mind for this game is, it says, be careful not to ask too many questions. What you're going to need is a deck of cards, some candles, matches or lighter, friends. Look, I'm sorry for all you friendless people out there that want to play these games. Just, I don't know. Ask one of the paramaniacs to help you out. There's paramaniacs around the world. Get one of them to be your friends. A list of questions. You want to know what you're going to ask prior to the game starting. You're going to need a dark room. So you sit in the dark room with all the lights off. Make sure there is no light coming through the windows or door cracks. If there are, block it with like a towel or something. Sit in a circle with five of your friends. Give each friend a candle. Each participant has to place the candle in front of themselves and light them. Shuffle the deck of cards nine times. Deal yourself 11 cards and place them in front of you face down. Place the other cards in front of the other players in a single deck. 
it is time to start asking questions. Each participant should ask a question and pull up a card from the stack. You may pull up a card from your stack of 11. They pull up from their, the single deck. Here's how the answers work. The heart card means yes. Club cards mean I don't know. Spades, no. Diamond, maybe. I would say write this down before you do it. So once again, that's heart cards are a yes. Club cards, no. Oh, I'm sorry. God damn it, I'm already screwing it up. Heart cards, yes. Clubs, I don't know. Spade, no. Diamond, maybe. Very important. When you are done with your cards, make sure you say farewell and extinguish the candle and stack up all the cards to end them. But... These cards can never be used for normal play again. So you just basically ruined a deck of cards. Alrighty, up next is called the thumb game. Lots of rules to this one. Sit back and enjoy. Go get yourself a drink. I'll give you, I'll give you a quick Sir Graves Ghastly uh, yes or no in the meantime. So you can, you know, you got a, you got a couple of seconds here for a Sir Graves Ghastly. Sail of terror. All right, you got your drink? Okay, good. So, for this one, the thumb game. Hold on. This is a Japanese ritual that has gained popularity in recent years due to YouTube and TikTok. It is based on a gruesome story about a young woman murdered and discovered in pieces. The only piece they couldn't find was her thumb. All right, you're going to need at least three people. I'm going to guess, what's that, a total of six thumbs? So sorry if you don't have, you know, two thumbs. But you're going to need three people with all their thumbs and a dark room. You're going to sit in the dark room. You're going to turn off all the lights. Make sure there's no lights coming in windows and doors, blah, blah, blah. Sit in a circle on the floor. Extend your hand to the player sitting to your right and hold the thumb of their left hand in your right hand. The participant to your left will do the same with their right hand and your left thumb. Everybody's going to be holding a thumb. Close your eyes. Imagine a small cottage, not too extravagant and not too austere. Uh, I mean, I know what austere means, but just for everybody, austere means not severe or strict in manner, attitude, or appearance. Uh, having no comforts or luxuries. There we go. So you want... Nothing too extravagant, but, you know, with a couple of things, but not a lot. It must be a comfortable living cottage for you. You can imagine as many things about its interior and its exterior as you like. It must be a place where you dream of retreating when stressed. So basically your happy place. Now, imagine the cottage in pieces. You have been murdered and torn to pieces. Each of your body pieces scattered all over the cottage. When you have spent sufficient time on this image... Open your eyes. If the ritual has gone correctly, you'll see that you are no longer in your dark room, but you are at the cottage. It is dark and lit by only one candle. If you do not find anything has changed when you open your eyes, you have failed, and you can try again later. If you have succeeded and are in the cottage, release each other's thumbs and search the cottage for your missing thumb. Search thoroughly. Don't leave any corner unexplored. Keep an eye on the candle. You only have as long as the candle remains burning. If it burns out, 
you're trapped. If you find the thumb, inform all your friends, hey, I found my thumb, and go back to the candle. Hold the thumb in your right hand. All the remaining participants hold their right hands to the hand holding the thumb, lean in together, blow out the candle. If you can't find your thumb, your time is running out. The candle's getting lower. Gather everybody while it's still burning. Grasp each other's left thumbs, lean in, blow out the candle. Once you return to the room from whence you have started, you might feel disoriented for a while. Release each other's thumbs and turn on the lights. If you found the thumb, you might find that your luck has improved over the next few days. If you didn't find the thumb, either bad luck or no improvement in luck may beseech you. You may try again later. Oh, and then it says at the very end, uh, there's also a possibility you may never return from that cottage where you're looking for a thumb and do not look around or turn around if you feel a tap on your shoulder. That's bad too. Again, I don't see, it's not a great, I might, you might find your luck has improved over the next few days. That's the best scenario for losing my thumb. No, thank you. All right, this next one is a Russian paranormal game where gnomes are known for granting wishes. It's called Gnome Gnome Come. Sounds dirtier than it is. Because gnomes are usually benevolent, it is safer, it is said to be a safer paranormal game to play. You're going to need two chairs, some twine, measuring tape, scissors, individually wrapped candies or sweets, one for each participant. Write down your wishes, a dark, quiet room, and a gnome if you have one. That'll help out a lot in a little bit. Uh, let's see. You uh, close all the curtains, turn off all the lights, remove all white things or things with religious icono iconography on them that are present within the room. Position the two chairs in the room. Get all the participants and the items in the room. Remove all the people who are not participating in the game, including pets, from the room. Close the door. Tie one end of the twine to one chair's leg. One by one, each person should take a wrapped candy and tie it to the twine securely. No player must tie more than one candy to the twine. Using a measuring tape to ensure that the candies are equidistant from each other, you must also tie the twine tightly so that the candies do not touch the ground. While tying the candy, each player must make a wish silently. Hold the wish in your mind. Remember which candy is yours. When all the candies have been tied, cut the twine from the spool with scissors, leaving at least six inches of twine before cutting it. Tie the snipped end of the line to the leg of the second chair. All the players must turn their backs to the chairs now. No one can be watching the chairs. If there's any lights on, make sure you switch them off. All the players chant, Gnome, gnome, pretty. Gnome, gnome, pretty. Which, which translates, way to scare the crap out of me, rum. Jesus Christ, I'm, tra I'm chanting in Russian to a gnome. You can't jump over. Oh. Whew. You guys probably didn't hear that, but... Gnome just, gnome, Jesus Christ, Kurt, focus, man. Rum just just jumped over one of the Amazon paper bags they just delivered groceries in, making a seriously loud racket that just scared the gnome, gnome pretty just straight out of me. Ah, all right, where was I? 
Uh, player chant, gnome, gnome, pretty. It translates to gnome, gnome, come. Okay, Rom, you're a good girl. I love you. Uh, you might hear some rustling sounds from behind you. Yeah, you might. And it says you must not turn around. Well, I just did because it was, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, oh, dummy. You, all right, if, you hear, if you're playing the game and you hear some rustling sounds from behind you, you must not turn around. When all sounds have ceased, turn around and turn on the lights. If your candy has been unwrapped, bitten into, or eaten completely, guess what? Your wish is going to come true. If your candy remains untouched or your wish or, or your wish has not been granted, you can try again after some days. Oh, I get what it's saying. You only get one try at this. Untie the twine and get rid of it and the remaining candies safely. All right, that's, that one's cool. I, I do not like the insanely perfectly timed rum jumping over a paper bag scaring the piss out of me while I'm telling that game, but I like that one. All righty, what do we got next? Uh, we got Charlotte's Web. Now, unfortunately, it is not the cool spider, but this is actually, well, it says actually. I'm going to say supposedly because I couldn't find anything to verify it. It is supposedly an 18th century game from Europe. I guess it's not Europe. It's from like like the like around Russia. Um an 18th century game that involves conjuring the ghost of a 7-year-old girl from the 15th century whose mother was burnt at the stake. All righty, what are you going to need? You're going to need two people. A room without windows, flashlights. It says do not use candles, lighters, or any flames at all. A toy, a mirror, a table, and two chairs. Here's how you play. If you, uh, if you don't have a room without windows, cover the windows completely. Place the chairs in the center of the room to be next to each other and are approximately two feet apart. Both chairs facing the same direction. Then, you place the mirror in front of the chairs. You should be able to see your reflection when you sit on the chairs. Do not sit on them yet, though. Place the table behind the chairs. The table should also be reflected in the mirror. Place the toy on the table. Then, turn on the flashlights, turn off all the lights in the room, sit in the chairs. Here's what you want to do. You want to look in the mirror. While you're looking in the mirror, you speak these words. We want to play Charlotte's Web. Wait and look only at the mirror. Don't look elsewhere, but watch the toy in the mirror. If the toy moves or if she takes the toy completely, like if it gets knocked down, she's pleased and you may proceed. As she is an only child, she is curious and likes to talk. This is very important. Let her talk. Do not interrupt her. You can ask her questions and wait for her answer, but also very important, do not turn around at any cost. Keep looking in the mirror. When you're done with the conversation, you can look in the mirror and say goodbye, Charlotte, in unison. It says she'll wander out of sight, taking the toy with her. All righty. Sorry, man. I got a, I had a call from a neighbor. <clears throat> Boy, nobody calls, texts me, nothing. Rum just sits there hanging out. Start doing the episode, pure anarchy. All righty. What's next is the 11-mile game. All right, I got to say... I haven't played this one, but I have played the eight mile game. But, you know, for that one, you only get one shot. Don't miss your chance to blow. Opportunity comes once in a lifetime, yo. All right, so this is another game 
to get something to wish for. Basically, it's another wishing game. But it says the stakes are high. To do this game, you're going to need a car or a motorcycle, but say car, and a strong wish, only one. And you must, you must be focused on that wish. You must keep that wish in your mind. All righty. You have to enter the car alone. Hi, Rum. Yes, I love you too. Hi, sweetheart. All right, so you got to get in the car by yourself. You have to drive at night. Try to choose a late time where there's little or no other cars on the road. Find a back road inside some dense woods to be even safer or to make this game work even more. Stay inside the forest. Don't go outside it. Don't go around it. Once you're inside the woods, begin driving down the dirt road or lonely road until you kind of get the feeling, your intuition, whatever, that you found 11-mile road. Now, if you're playing this game in Michigan, you can actually just drive down to 11-mile road, but it's not in the woods, so I don't think it works. But I guess you're going to really need to be a rural setting for this. So when you get the feeling like, okay, this is 11-mile, you stop. Now that you've found the road... You begin driving down it right away or take a moment to stop the car, collect your thoughts, focus on your wish. This is the only time that you can stop the car or turn back. Do not listen to music. Do not open your doors or window. Do not stop the car, especially to investigate anything you might hear or see inside of the car or outside of the car. Do not use a phone or any other device. Do not drive faster than 30 miles per hour. Here's what happens. First mile, nothing will happen. It may get a little cold. You can turn on the heat if it gets too cold, it says, but keep driving. Second mile, not much will happen. Again, if you get cold, turn up the heat. Third mile, it says you'll start to see movement around you, but don't take your eyes off the road. Ignore all movement. Boy, this just seems bad and dangerous. How about you just don't play this one? Fourth mile, ignore any voices, except for mine. If you're like listening to this while you're playing it, and I just said, hey, maybe you should stop, listen to me. But otherwise, ignore any, devo- any voices, keep driving. Fifth mile, if the trees around you start to disappear, or you see a lake, or you see the bright glow of the moon, don't stop driving. No matter how pretty and random it may seem, keep driving. Sixth mile, the trees will return. The stars will disappear. Quote, you're back in the forest. Ignore the flickering in your headlights. Ignore if your radio turns on and tells you to do something. Don't turn off the radio. Just don't listen to that voice. Keep driving. Seventh mile, ignore the voices. Even if they're coming from your back seat now, do not turn around. Don't look in your rearview mirror. Keep driving. Eighth mile. Don't stop driving, no matter what. Even if your headlights go out, slow down, but don't stop driving. Don't stop for anything. No exceptions. Keep driving. Ninth mile, your car may stall. If that happens, close your eyes. Don't open them for any reason until your car starts again. Once your car starts, slam on the gas, keep driving. Boy, this seems dangerous as shit. Tenth mile, don't look in the mirrors. Don't even look in your back seat. Nothing. Keep driving the 11th mile. Your vehicle will stall again in front of a red light. Do not look at the red light. Close your eyes. Cover your ears. 
whatever you have to do, just don't open your eyes until your car starts again. Ignore any voices you hear. Ignore if something is grabbing you. Ignore everything no matter what. Once your car restarts, keep driving just a little bit further until you reach a dead end. Here is where you make your wish. Don't just wish for it. Envision it. Imagine it's with you now. If you wish for something small enough to fit in your pocket, check there. If you wish for something bigger, check your backseat or trunk. If you wish for something that isn't material, go back home and wait. It will come to you. But there is a price. Well, it doesn't say what the what, what's what's the price. All right, Kurt here. Let me uh, let me break this one down to you. You're driving like an idiot. Car keeps stalling. You keep driving. You keep your eyes closed. You start seeing red lights behind you. That's the police. Definitely pull over. If you hear voices saying "pull over," that's the police. Pull over. It's not a demon. It's the police because you're driving like a fucking idiot for 11 miles. Uh, I'm going to say that's the worst one to play so far. All right, this next one's called The Closet Game. Have you ever wanted to play like seven minutes in heaven, but in hell? Well, then here you go. Frankly, why anyone would want to play this one is beyond me, because there is no good outcome at all. But you're going to need a closet and a match. That's it. And no friends even. All righty, turn off all the lights in the room with the closet in it. If the closet has a light in it, turn it off as well. Keep the match handy and enter the closet exactly at midnight. Close the door. You must stand quietly for at least two minutes. Don't move. Don't speak. After two minutes, hold the unlit match in front of you and say, Show me the light or leave me in darkness. If you hear a whisper in the darkness, light the match immediately. If you hear nothing, wait but don't turn around. While the match is still burning, open the door of the closet and exit it. Close the door again. Do not look inside the closet. Never look in the closet again unless the lights are on. Strange things might happen to that room if you leave your closet door open. If you look in the closet in the dark, you will see two pinpricks of light eyes. Yeah, that's the best outcome from this. Nothing. You're, you're, you're summoning a demon into a closet, which is already scary enough place as is. Closets suck, but you can never use this closet again. You better make sure the lights are on if you look in the closet ever again. If someone else didn't know this and opens up the closet and the lights aren't on, boom, eyes, demon, dead, not cool. That's just not cool. All right, this next one is called Dry Bones, and it's very similar to the One Man Hide and Seek, which is on the very first episode of Paranormal Almanac with my good buddy Mickey. All right, on this one, though, Dry Bones, you're summoning a demon instead of a wandering spirit. It also has a couple of spots, uh, a couple of things from this from the next game I'm going to talk to you about, the last game I'm going to talk to you about. It's called The Midnight Game. Uh, it's going to be the last one, the next one, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but... For dry bones, you're going to need matches and a candle. It's pretty simple. You begin by turning off all the lights. Light the candle, going into your bathroom or any room with the mirror at exactly, not midnight, but 12.01 a.m. You're going to stare at your reflection until you can feel a presence in the mirror. 
Once you know there's something other than yourself in that mirror, this is where the game begins. It's a demon. You're going to tell the demon, I acknowledge your presence. I welcome you into my home for a game of hide-and-seek until 3 a.m. Come in now. Oh, by the way, uh, Kurt here, I am not, I'm just reading the rules, demons. I'm not inviting you. I'm not doing any of this. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm not playing the game right now. We're cool. All right. Oh, it's not 12.01 a.m. I guess I'm okay. But after you say, you know, that that welcoming into the home, hide-and-seek, 3 a.m., come in now. After the last word has been spoken, you're going to grab your candle and your match and then run. It says RUN in capital letters. But you got to try and be as quiet as possible while you find your hiding spot. It must be a good hiding spot as your life and soul depend on it. If the demon catches you, well... It's, you know, it's bad. It's a demon. He's catching you. It's going to be bad. But if you don't get caught until 3 a.m., go to the biggest room in your house, announce that the game is now ended, and whatever you brought into your home is no longer welcome here and must leave immediately. It says, you might hear a demon before it leaves. So don't jump when you hear something right behind you. If you win, hide and seek. If you're not found by the demon by 3 a.m., You'll have a wish granted to you by the demon. But it says it must be a realistic thing that you want. It'll become yours, material or otherwise. Or you get immediately caught by a demon. Because my place isn't that big and doesn't have a lot of hiding spots. I can't imagine I could go three hours without someone finding me. Especially a demon that probably can see in the dark. So unfair unfair advantage. I'm going to call bullshit. But if you want to play dry bones, wait till 12.01 a.m., Got a match, candle. Now a car alarm is going off outside my house. Really? It is freaking anarchy while I'm trying to record this episode. There we go. All righty, the next... Uh, you know what? I'm going to say the last game because I'm getting enough weird shit happening to me while I'm recording this episode. The last game is the midnight game. It says... Ooh, ice cream man. I hear the ice cream man, but I'm not tempted by it. See, it's probably one of these demon tricks. I'm tempted by the ice cream man to turn around and go outside, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stay focused. Wow, I really do want an ice cream man. Shit. Oh, see? This is frustrating. Things I do for you guys, I'm going to keep on recording and not go outside and get an ice cream from the ice cream man, which sounds freaking delicious right now. All right, this last game is called the Midnight Game. If you haven't guessed, I'm not recording at night. I'm recording at like 1 in the afternoon. Um, so it's not like there's some midnight ice cream man, because that's definitely a demon, and I'm not that dumb. I'm not going out there getting demon ice cream. But the midnight game. This one was a pagan ritual, it said, to punish those who broke the law or disobeyed God. Again, allegedly, grain of salt. It says you're going to need at least one principle. Kurt here, I recommend not Rooney. One candle. By principle, they mean another player. One candle. A lighter or matches, a piece of paper, a pen or a pencil, a sterilized pin, a room with a wooden door, and salt. Okay, here you go. The game must start just before midnight. You can't wait till midnight on this one. You write your full name, including your middle name, on the piece of paper. You prick your finger with the pin, let a drop of blood fall on the paper. You're basically doing a summoning spell by this point. You allow the paper to soak in the drop of the blood. Turn off all the lights, you close the wooden door, and you place the paper with your name and the blood drop in front of it. You light the candle and place it on top of the paper. 
You knock on the door 22 times. The last knock must coincide perfectly with the stroke of midnight. You have to get it exact. Then you open the door and blow out the candle, close the door again, relight the candle immediately, basically letting the demon in. You hold the candle and start moving around your home, keeping the salt and the matches nearby. Relight the candle within 10 seconds if it goes out. If you succeed, you can continue to move around your home. Continue moving around your home. Don't stop until 3.33 in the morning. You got to walk around your house for three hours and 33 minutes. Well, three hours and 32 minutes. If you cannot relight the candle within 10 seconds, immediately sprinkle salt in a circle around yourself and remain in that circle until 3.33 a.m. The end. Not the end. This is the ending. You can stop moving or step outside the salt circle at 3.33 a.m. and switch on the lights. The game or the goal is to avoid the midnight man in the dark. If you stop moving or you move outside the salt circle, the midnight man will find you. The following are indications the midnight man may be near you while you're walking around the house or inside the salt circle. A sudden drop in temperature, soft whispers with no source. A humanoid figure appears in the darkness. The candle goes out. If you notice the first three occurrences, leave that area right away, but don't stop to investigate. So basically keep on moving like, oh shit, you're getting too close to the midnight man. You got to keep walking until 3.33 a.m. If the candle goes out and you relight it within 10 seconds or sprinkle salt on it to keep the midnight man away, you know, basically. But if there's more than one player in the game, they must go through the invitation process separately. Do not turn on any lights during the game and you cannot use a flashlight. All must be done by candlelight. It says don't go to sleep while the game is in progress. The midnight man will inhabit you. Only a candle is allowed. Other sources of light, including the lighter, are not permitted. It says to use your own blood and your own blood only. Whatever you do, do not leave the house during the game. Do not communicate with or provoke the midnight man in any way, shape, or form. The Midnight Man will leave your house if you follow the rules at 3.33 a.m. and you can safely end the game. Great. What do I win? What do I get from that? All right, what did I learn from learning all of these games' rules? All right, let's think about this. One, most aren't worth playing. At best, you have a demon in your house. I mean, where's, I mean, there's not a lot of upside to playing these games. Two, I think the candle industry either creates these games or keeps them around to make some candle sales because there's a shit ton of candles involved. Three, if you use scented candles, your house is going to smell amazing after playing these games. Sure, you got a demon in your house, but it's going to smell so good. It's going to smell like hot apple pie or whatever scented candle you're using. Four, I personally, Kurt here, do not have enough mirrors for these games. Five, I already forgot the rules to 99% of these games that I just read you. Six, don't look behind you right now. Seven, that's about it. That's about all I learned from this. I got to say, though, like, I get the appeal to these games. I really do. I get the appeal. I get why people like these things. 
They're kind of simple games if you learn the rules. It's spooky. No matter what, it's going to be spooky, even if you don't believe in any of this shit. If you play one of these games, especially if it's one of these ones by yourself, that's going to be a little spooky. I don't care how, like, cool and down-to-earth you are. You start playing the old Baby Blue or You're My Boy Blue, whatever it was called, you're going to be a little bit freaked out in inside. You're not going to tell anybody. You're not going to admit to it. But in the inside, you're going to be like a little bit like, oh, shit, what if I start feeling like some invisible baby and then i got to flush this fucking thing because the mom's going to come through the mirror and shatter and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's going to be a little bit on the spooky side. So I can get the appeal to these games. This is like a the longest TikTok episode ever, in my opinion, because I think this shit would go crazy on TikTok. I'm sure it's already on there. I got to get on TikTok and, and make my own channel because... There's like 50 episodes of 50 TikToks just in this one episode. But uh, what do you guys think? Would you guys play any of these games? Are any of these games worth it? Sure, a couple of them you can, you know, get a wish granted. But is it worth it? I don't know. I don't know. But once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandig. This has been another spooktacular edition of Paranormal Almanac. Ooh, the bill of